Ah, welcome to Movie Magic. We would be honored if you would join us. Five, six, eight. Five, one thousand. Four, one thousand. Three, one thousand. I am the father. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Are you one of those single-tier people? All the dogs in King's Landing howl through the night. They cry out for their true queen. Batman. Name's Bond, James Bond. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to certain death. <gasps> Go ahead, make my day. He sounds like quite a man. A passenger has died on the train. Who gave the order to kill me? Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM, 89.3. Commence primary ignition. James Oliver Rigney Jr. was born on October 17, 1948. He went to Clemson University after high school, but dropped out after just one year and enlisted in the U.S. Army. He served two tours of duty during the Vietnam War as a helicopter gunner. You know, somehow a scene from Apocalypse Now comes to mind. Do you have the same thoughts? Now, after returning from Vietnam in 1970, James studied physics at the Citadel. He graduated in 1974 with a Bachelor of Science degree and began working for the U.S. Navy as a nuclear engineer. But seven years later, in 1977, he started writing. Writing fantasy novels. His pen name was Robert Jordan. He originally planned to write a six-book series, but he couldn't stop writing. And The Wheel of Time, which spanned 14 volumes in addition to a prequel and two companion books, gave birth. Jordan began writing the first volume, The Eye of the World, in 1984, and it was published in January 1990. He enjoyed hunting, fishing, sailing, poker, chess, pool, and pipe collecting. He went to church regularly and received communion more than once a week. He lived with his wife, Harriet McDougall, who works as a book editor. She was also Jordan's editor. They both lived in a house built in 1797. Can you imagine living in a house that old? The stories and inspiration can come from within the walls of the house. On March 23, 2006, Jordan disclosed that he had been diagnosed with a heart disease and that, with treatment, his median life expectancy was just four years. In a separate weblog post, he encouraged his fans not to worry about him and stated that he intended to have a long and creative life. Of the 14 books of The Wheel of Time, he managed to publish 11 of them. Because he knew he was dying, he prepared extensive notes so another author could complete the book according to his wishes. Jordan died in 2007 while working on what was planned to be the final volume in the series. So fellow fantasy author Brandon Sanderson was brought in to complete the final book. But during the writing process, it was decided that the book would be far too large to be published in one volume and would instead be published in three volumes. The Gathering Storm in 2009, Towers of Midnight in 2010, and A Memory of Light in 2013. The eighth through 14 books each reached number one on the New York Times bestseller list. After its completion, the series was nominated for a Hugo Award. 
As of 2021, the series has sold over 90 million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling epic fantasy series since The Lord of the Rings. It's so popular that there's a video game, role-playing game, and a soundtrack album based on the books. Yes, even before a TV series was in the works, there was already a soundtrack based on the books, and it was done by Robert Berry. It was used for the video game, but not the series. Have I read any of the books? Well, the answer is no. It's too thick, and if I did have the books, I would use them as a ladder to get to the roof. But I know of someone who has read all the books, and she was waiting for the TV series to be aired. She shared with me that the books have both European and Asian mythology, and there are traces of Buddhism and Hinduism, and also a respect for nature that is found in Taoism. It also has some words that can be referred to Abrahamic and Islamic contexts. So that made me curious for the TV series to be released as well. And finally, it's here on Amazon Prime. Is it any good? Well, the people that have read the books don't really think it is. But that goes without saying. Do I like the series? Well, I'll give my two cents worth next. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. All right, it's time for my two cents worth on the Amazon original series, The Wheel of Time, based on the books of Robert Jordan. First, the good. It has a great cast, and the one that leads the cast is Rosamund Pike. She was in Gone Girl, and she was also a Bond girl in Die Another Day. She was in Johnny English Reborn, Pride and Prejudice, Jack Reacher, and Edgar Wright's The World's End, among many other movies. She's also the producer of this TV series, The Wheel of Time. With her vast experience in acting, she plays her character quite well. Then there's a samurai-looking guy, played by Daniel Henney, whose father is American of British and Irish descent, and his mother was born in Busan, South Korea. And she was adopted as a child by a white American couple. Daniel Henney, who stands six foot two, was a model before he became an actor. He jogs for at least half an hour every day, so yes, he's fit. He made his TV debut as Dr. Henry Kim on the Korean drama My Lovely Sam Soon in 2005. Now, the main reason for acting in South Korea was to track down his mother's bio family. At one time, he was romantically involved with Maggie Q. Now, if you're wondering, where have I seen him before? Well, he was in the TV series Criminal Minds in Hawaii 5 and as Agent Zero in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Then there's the Spanish actor Alvaro Morte who played the role of the professor in Money Heist. He's in the series as well. And in this series, his hair is long and he has, you know, a cynical evil smile. His performance is good too. Australian actress Madeline Madden, known for her role of Sammy in Dora the Explorer, is also in the series, and at first I thought she had a cute little nose stud, but then upon looking closely, it's actually a mole, and I'm not sure if it's real or it's prosthetics, but it looks good on her. Then there's New Zealand actress Zoe Robbins, and I liked her acting, except for one scene, and I'll talk briefly about that in just a while. So there's a diversity of performers around the world, and you know, that's a good thing. The characters in the series also have a good build-up to their relationship with each other. The other actors who are up-and-coming perform well too, but there are some actions that they do um, that I'm not quite convinced of, and I'll touch on that in just a bit. 
Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. The score is another thing I liked about the series. It goes hand in hand with the medieval fantasy set. Now, speaking of which, the set design is great. Like the interior of the houses and the pubs. Oh, it's just so well lit with candles and fireplaces and wood stoves. The exterior of the houses and tents are quite detailed as well. And it's made to look like you're in a different world. A fantasy world from a fantasy drawing. The cinematography captures every detail of the locations. The mossy hills, the mountains, the forests, the rivers and waterfalls. It was so breathtaking. It was filmed in the Czech Republic in and around Prague. Parts of the show were also shot in Croatia and the Bovec region of Slovenia was also used for the mountain scenes. So the cast were sent on a European tour. Now, besides the main crew that were with the cast, the rest of the crew were from the countries that the series were filmed in. It makes you want to, you know, go and visit these cities. And I would love to. But because of the pandemic and the new variant, well, things like traveling to these exotic film locations has to be put on the back burner. I also like the medieval costumes. So that's the list of the good for the series so far. Now for the bad. The opening scene did not captivate me at all. In fact, I thought it was bad acting. And I said to myself, oh, no, this is not going to be good at all. But as I sat through it and hoped that it would get better as you know the time passed, and it did, and then it didn't, and then it did again, and then it didn't. So it was either some of the actors and actresses did well, and some didn't, or it could be the various directors that directed different episodes didn't get the best out of the performances. Movie Magic with Colin Gomez, Money FM 89.3. And now for the ugly. What looked terrible was the CGI. The CGI cities, the smoke, the fireballs, the weird light that has some kind of force. Uh, they just didn't look good at all. It just went around the actress's head, body and hands. It's just, I don't know. It, it wasn't good. It's like as if the CGI looked very dated. Like the CGI you find in a Doctor Who series back in the 60s. I don't know why the studios did not spend enough time and money with better special effects companies because it takes a few companies to come up with great visual effects. And I'm not sure if the services and talents of industrial light and magic were used at all. Now, that's what happens when you cut corners. You get a mediocre product. Pity, as this could have been the next Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. Back to the acting. Although there were some performances that were great, there were some that were a little over the top. For example, there's one scene when Zoe Robbins flips her long braided hair from the front to her back like a whip. It was very melodramatic. In fact, I laughed at that scene. I don't think it was meant to be funny, but it looked too hilarious. I don't blame her. I blame the director for making her do that silly move. Oh, and I forgot to mention some of the other actresses in the series that were good too. Priyanka Bose. Now, she's a stage and film actress from India. And if you're wondering what her previous credits are, well, she acted alongside Dave Patel in the movie Lion, which is a must-watch true story. And she was the main character in The Miseducation of Bindu. 
Irish actress Maria Doyle Kennedy plays a gypsy, and she falls in that role pretty well. And if you're wondering who Maria Doyle Kennedy is, well, she played the role of Anne Cameron, uh, you know, that lady who is visually impaired in Outlander, if you follow that series. So, there are some big names in the series. Would I continue to watch the series? Well, so far, yes. And I hope they would improve with some of the acting and directing. The visual effects need quite a bit of improvement, and I hope it improves as time goes by. But I doubt that's going to happen, as I think they are done with the uh, post-production. But I'm curious to find out who the Dragon Reborn is. And if you haven't read any of the books, like me, you'd be curious too. Uh, There's one more good thing about the series, and that is... It's on Friday or Thursday, depending on which part of the world you're viewing it. And I prefer it to be that way because I like to wait for the next episode every week because I don't like binge watching. But then again, uh, you know, this series, however, isn't worth binge watching as some scenes take way too long to get over. And while the adaptation is not a carbon copy of the books, it might just act as a compliment. But how am I to know as I haven't read the books at all? And I don't intend to. I hope in the next season they would improve on the visual effects and the directing. If all else fails, well, just sit back and enjoy the sceneries of the mountains, the moss-filled rocks and stones, the waterfalls, the sets, and the soundtrack that goes hand-in-hand in the Wheel of Time. I'm Colin Gomez, and this has been Movie Magic on... Money FM 89.3